Hello, my fan friends, and welcome to another edition of Rahalasta Put. Rahalasta Stop saying that, you ventriloquist dummies over there. Um, this week's guest is Marek Larwood. I can't believe we haven't had him on before. He's a comedy genius. Uh, check out his YouTube stuff. Um, hopefully we'll get him back live sometime. This is a really good episode. Hey, look, if you would like a copy of his amazing card game, Pooh Man, which I completely recommend. Brilliant for kids, but fun for adults too. Go to pooman.co.uk. Please buy them from me. I'd love to turn this into the greatest game of all time. I am also giving away 10 copies of this game to monthly badgers at the end of December. So if you're not a monthly badger yet and you'd like to win one of those card games, all you have to do is to get in the draw is become a monthly badger. GoFasterStripe.com slash badges. There's also a big end of year draw for low, a big box full of prizes. We do those every month, but it's especially good at the end of the year. Um, you also get hundreds of backstage videos, extra interviews with most of the guests, um, stand-up shows, some other bonus bits of material backstage, including Taskmaster watch-alongs with the Taskmaster show in them illegally. Um, lots of other, Hannah McBellas putting all kinds of stuff. You get a membership badge, you get a membership card, you get secret codes, all sorts of things. You get exclusive emails, offers, and you can win... Ten people who are monthly badgers are going to win a pack of Pooh Man cards. So do become a monthly badger. Go fasterstripe.com slash badges. There'll be extra competitions and stuff like that as we go on. And extra bits of nonsense to give to you. Anyway, have a lovely, lovely Christmas coming up very soon. <laughs> and uh, next week, uh, the Christmas episode is Rod Gilbert, which is another cracker. So do look out for that. Let's sit back, relax and enjoy. Rahala Stapa. With Marek Larwood. Yes, it's me. Hello, I've just beamed in. It's me, Richard Herring. Welcome to Richard Herring's Loving Star Trek podcast. You've got to come up with a good theme for your podcast these days. There's so much competition. And I thought, what do people on the internet like? They like Star Trek. So now the whole show is just going to be about Star Trek. Um, good episodes of Star Trek. What the um, Good characters. I don't really watch that much Star Trek, um, so it's going to be difficult for me to host this, but hopefully the guest, I didn't tell him it's all going to be about Star Trek, hopefully he will be primed and ready to go. Uh, though I was talking to that uh, green dancing lady uh, from off of the end credits of Star Trek uh, the other day, and she calls it Rahalastopus, so I don't know if that's going to catch on um my son is three years old he's come up with a fantastic catchphrase both of my kids are way more better at being um lavatorial than i was i as a three year old to probably a 14 year old i would walk around the house saying usually nude saying wee wee poo poo bottom and thought that was hilarious it was the repetition of it that made it amusing to me my family didn't like it uh, my daughter talks about uh, pooing in people's faces and stuff which is cleverer than what i was doing and eating bums. My son's new one. He's come up with. Uh, he says to he says to me, "You farted in your nappy," which I think is a brilliant insult. 
because a it's saying I wear a nappy, which you know is is solid gold. I mean, I'm not far away from wearing a nappy again, but I don't at the moment. Uh, to a three-year-old, that is funny because he's potty trained, so he can do that. But also, you farted in your nappy. Come on. It's like you couldn't even poo in your nappy. You tried to poo in your nappy, and you couldn't even do that, and you just farted. You've, that is very sophisticated. He finds it Sometimes he says you pooed in your nappy, and that's not as funny. But it's very sophisticated humour for a three-year-old, and uh, I'm, I'm terrified both my kids will soon be more successful comedians than me, which will not be hard. Um the sports personality of the year nominations came out uh, yesterday or today, and uh, I was fully expecting uh, to have my work this year recognised, having been the only person who's kept a sporting event going all year long in myself playing snooker. But not only am I not in there, uh, but they've picked someone from the aberration, the apocrypha, that is two-player snooker, Ronnie O'Sullivan. To write. They know that snooker exists. And they're rubbing it in my face. What do I have to fucking do to get recognised? None of my internet work's been recognised this year. What? How much internet work do I have to do? I'm, I'm on the internet all the time. That might be the problem. It may be quality, not quantity. But who knows? Um, and uh, uh, it's good to see the vaccines getting shipped out as well. I'm delighted about that. Some people not taking it because they're worried about the microchips, you know, that are going to be in the vaccine but you know I, that was my plan all along I, I set up covid as a long game to get microchips into people i thought i'll create a disease then people have to be vaccinated it'll take about a year then we'll get the microchips i should just put the microchip in the beer and weatherspoon shouldn't i and then i've got all the people i might do that as well uh, and look the mustache is still there it's not november any longer but i like it i like it so much i'm keeping it oh la la uh, it's getting near, it's nearly curly at the edges. Thank you very much if you donated to November, which you did if you're a badger or if you've subscribed on uh, Twitch during November. We've made uh, over £12,000 in total, including about £10,000 from subscribers. So they're very delighted at November. Thank you very much for that. I'm keeping this because tomorrow and Friday I'm in a film. Yeah, you heard me, my fine friends. I'm in a film, a movie film, like in the movies. Uh, playing a big part. Uh, it just takes two days to film because they wanted to get all my stuff into two days because I'm such a big star. Um, so that's exciting. I'm doing another little interactive thing next week as well. That's two acting jobs in two weeks. I'm back in the big time. Tipping point. I won six grand on tipping point. I have to give it to charity, apparently. I'm annoyed about that. But I got a robe. I meant to bring it up to show it to you. Uh, I forgot, and uh, still got uh, the Taskmaster finale three weeks to go. Ten points behind third place. I've blown it, haven't I? Do you think I've blown it? Looks like I've blown it. Anyway, I might keep the moustache. I've been. We did another Peter Dibden sketch today, and we're going to do at least uh, another couple. So uh, I'll keep it for that. Anyway, enough of my yapping. Uh, my guest this week is probably best known. Uh, for his portrayal of Bear in I Want My Hat Back, which genuinely is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Uh, he was also, and I wanted to make this the thing he was best known for, uh, he was in some kind of schools program audio thing with me in 2004. I did talk to him about it beforehand because I couldn't remember what it was called, and nor can he, and he'd forgotten about it, and I'd forgotten about it until I heard a bit of it somewhere on the radio or something, uh, and his friend who's a teacher told him... Uh, but he was in it and he'd forgotten. We'd both forgotten it. 
Anyway, let's welcome him. He's best known for being Barry, and I want my hat back. It is Barry Larwood, ladies and gentlemen. There he is. Look, there he is. Bear Hello, from Richard. I want my hat back. Hello, it's everybody. It's it's Did bear. you know that that's just been released? Has it? On the National Theatre Live website in the not. archive. People must watch it. It's ex absolutely excellent. I don't usually choose something excellent. I'm a bit thrown. I'm a bit yeah. thrown because there's quite a lot of shit on my IMDb. <laughs> well, I and thought it would surprise you. I don't something that, I'm, that was, I was actually quite good in. <laughs> I mean, there's about a 6% chance of that happening, but, well, I'm amazed. Thank you. Well, I did see it. Okay, I brought my daughter and she was, um, I think, like one at the time. It was the second time she'd been to the theatre and she was wrapped, I have to tell you. My son is, I'd like to take, see him take my son because he's a fidgeter, but my daughter was wrapped and into it. It's quite, I don't want to spoil it if people can still watch it. And I can't quite, there's some quite shocking twists there's and turns. There's brutal there. murder in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll spoil it. I had to basically kill the rabbit by snapping its neck. Yes. And I remember saying to the director, are you sure I should do this? And there's a guy, I don't know what the instrument is. What's the one that with a bit of wood with the lots of grooves in it? Oh, yeah, a harp? It was, no, it the was, you know, you, did, you know, music lessons at school was like yeah. the last one to get picked when they went out to pick instruments. Oh, no, I've got that. Really, okay. Like a massive sausage with lots of. Okay, yeah. Ocarina. Would, ocarina, mate, let's call it that. Who okay. would make the neck snapping sound with that? Wow. So if you want to make any neck snap, snapping sounds at home, that's the instrument you need to use for it. Yeah. And what are your memories of the thing that neither of us can remember that we were both into the one time we've worked together? You'd think it would have stuck in our minds this. Is it the one time we've worked together? Maybe we've been on. I think it probably is. Yeah. I don't remember. I can't. I can't. Hills Barker was in it. I'd forgotten that. It must have been so traumatic that we blocked out. We must have hated each other so much. (laughs) I don't get many acting jobs, so I should remember it. You know, it was quite exciting for me. I was asked to do something. And You've I would... got one tomorrow. I know. I... Do you want? To... I was going to say to you, you should be learning lines, not be listening doing a podcast. I'll learn. I'll I'll do it on the night. I'll do it on the night. Just tonight. <laughs> tonight is I the line. Uh, the thing with me now, I used to be so good at learning lines, like I and I, and I can still remember things from twenty years ago. But except for no... radio shows, we did. Together. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember doing that. But I can still remember lines, and you know, and when I've learned really complicated things. Um, but there's no point in me trying to familiarise myself with the script. It's only one speech, really, one main speech, and I've got to ad lib something. Um, but I just it doesn't stick in, so I might as well just wait till just before I do it. It's quite a, it's a little chunk. It's a chunky speech, and then what I'm sort just... of character are you playing? Do you want to work on the character? Do some character well, work. Well, I now? I sort of think it's uh, she's left very free reign. It's got to be over the top. I'm a showbiz ex rock star, possibly dad. Uh, so I'm quite flamboyant, but it's. She said I can overact as much as I want. Playing yourself, really? It's not yeah, me. <laughs> it is. He's got a moustache. I think it's. I'm a picturing. Uh, if they had a budget and it was a bigger part, I think Bill Nye he would be playing this role. But oh, instead, he always he always plays that role. Yeah, but everything. Uh, so I'm going to try and channel him a little bit, but I don't think I can be quite. Bill Nighy, but that's what I sort of think is. He's like, I'm a little bit young, but I'm I'm playing Nick Helm's dad in it. Actually, he's the he's the brother. What's he's, the age? It's only about he's thirteen. Years between he's thirteen you? years younger than I am. So uh, he's not more my little brother. I mean, I sort of see him as a comedy nephew rather than a son. 
So I think they're going to age me up a bit. I imagine they'll put some grey in this. Or do you say, I know, I was banging girls when I was 13. <laughs> do you say that? So everyone goes, oh, right, 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 right. Do you remember I got your mum pregnant when I was... Establish that. It's possible. Say that, right, the first line. <laughs> it's in a church. I'm at a funeral. I think it's appropriate. So, yeah, I think it'll be, it should be fun. We'll see. And then I'm playing some kind of Bond villain next week. I haven't even... The, the, the Bond... Well, the it's a sort of, villain. it's like a Bond villain. I mean, it's like an interactive, it's Craig who does, usually does the camera work for this show, but who's been made redundant by a computer. You. Yeah, well, oh. look, by this, look, that's oh, what right. Craig does. He can't even, I can just put a sticker thing on my desk and that's that's as good as Craig. So he's had to go into directing films. <clears throat> and uh, so I'm doing an interactive something or other with him. But I haven't looked what? at that yet. And I played Peter Dibden, the driving instructor today, with Stevie Martin, the fantastic actor. I saw your Peter Dibden on Chortle. Did you? I did a second. Well, it's, it's not actually the second one. It's a Christmas one we did today because I haven't written the second one yet, but I've written the Christmas one. Um, so that's been... So, yeah, I'm back in the game, man. I'm back in... I'm like it's you. New, I'm it's a new actor. phase. Well, I'm, I'm going the other way. I barely get any work. <laughs> well, so tell me, you're, you're, you've moved back to the Isle of Wight is what I've gleaned so far from our... I... For listeners, this, this is a, I'm in tier one, yeah, which has just been announced. So I'm in the most, I'm in the safest place in the whole of the UK. It's just old people and me. <laughs> I like to think I am responsible for it becoming tier one. Yeah, I've got my gun turret up in the top of the house. <laughs> Anyone who looks like they've got COVID, yeah, bang, take them out. Done. I think that's a good idea. I think the Isle of Wight was where in the Triffids they went. They, there was a community on the Isle of Wight that was safe from the the Triffids. They got rid of all the Triffids on the Isle of Wight. Do you know why that? Yes, they could because they had people monitoring the, the shores for Triffid seeds. Yes, so they could kill all the Triffids, and yeah. then um, and that was part of my reasoning in moving here for the COVID. Yeah. I could <laughs> any oncoming good. ships. You just got defences. Yeah, or old people. A lot of the old people here are quite happy to give their lives away for to defend defend the island. Yeah, that's good. Well, it's interesting. I looked on Wikipedia. You were born in Norwich. You moved to Wales, and then you moved to the Isle of Wight. It was like you were trying to find the weirdest place with the weirdest people to live. No offence to people in Norwich and Wales and the Isle of Wight, but you're all fucking weird. And you've you've lived in all of those three places, and then settled on the Isle of Wight. And I, I am surprisingly normal. You are very normal for the Isle of Wight. You are a normal bloke when you come to the mainland. I can't. I used to have. I used to <laughs> do loads of jokes um, when I first started doing stand up about the Isle of Wight, and then I got um, on the ferry back to visit my parents, and an old school friend started shouting at me in the queue to the ferry, saying, "I can't believe you've got the nerve to." I mean, she was a bit nuts. I can't believe you've got enough to take the piss out of the Isle of Wight and send wool in bread. And I'm there in, in the very So, oh, no, 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 I didn't. I was only joking. And everyone was turning around looking at me. But um, don't. Let's uh, not talk about that. Let's not talk about that because yeah. now that's where you live. That's where I live now, yeah. Very. So, what do you get on tier What's tier one? What are you allowed to do? Anything you're allowed to do? Anything you're allowed to kiss? Discos. Yeah. Full on French kissing. French kissing with up, the old up lady. To half an hour. Go to the old people's home, yeah, mild fingering. <laughs> as long as it's mild. Yeah. As long as it doesn't get too rough, it's fine. Yeah, we don't, this is not, it's not that kind of show, Marit, where people are Sorry, crude. sorry. It's not a crude show where we talk about that for the first five minutes. We're only in minute 13. Oh, right. Are you allowed to go to pubs? Okay. 
but I don't really go anyway. So it's I think and it's just where I live. It's just pretty, I'm the youngest person on my street by twenty years, <laughs> easily by twenty years, and they all sort of slightly hate me. Yeah. Um, my neighbour, every time I, I leave my house, go out the front door, he basically asks me to dig up this root he can't dig up in his garden. And he's asked me like seven or eight times <laughs> if I can do it. Well, my brother told him that I was an actor and comedian. And he basically absolutely hates me for no reason. <laughs> so he's, he's there gardening with his wife. And his wife asked me what I'm doing. I said, oh, I'm doing some bits of, you know, painting and stuff like that. And I can see him. He starts to sneer, like, what, painting? <laughs> yeah, and I can see, he doesn't, because he's like in his 60s or 70s, he's got, he just got no desire to hide the fact that he hates me. He doesn't care anymore. <laughs> All he wants me to do is dig up the weed in his garden. That's pretty much how exciting my life is, Richard. And so is it permanent, is it a permanent move to the Isle of Wight? Is that, that seems an extreme decision, but I can understand well, I it. Well, I was in London for 20 odd years, and how long yeah. were you in London for? 21 years. I was in, in London for, yeah, about, about that, 20, 30, no, 25 years maybe, yeah. And then you just pay rent, as you, well, I was renting all your money in rent, and then I, my, um, basically what happened was my nan, who's really old, moved out of this house into, my, with my parents mm. so I sort of help them look after her and I just moved in here because it was empty and just pay the bills rather than pay a million pounds in rent it's, it's cheaper to get a hotel in London yeah. than live in a, in a you might as well just go and stay in a travel lodge for one day <laughs> it's, it's a total piss take it is very expensive and do you find, because you're doing a lot of stuff online now, I mean I don't know if that's I mean it's not just lockdown because I know I've been looking at your site uh, your sites, which are amazing, and there's and there's stuff going back years. So I know you've been an early adopter of getting stuff up on YouTube, but I, you have I mean, been you, doing lots of stuff in lockdown, haven't you? You wouldn't think I've been doing it for years with the number of subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, like everyone else, when it happened, in, <laughs> I remember calling my agent, and she said to me, oh, it's only January and February. Things will pick up around March, April time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. So I just shit myself in April, yeah. as everyone else did, and I just started thinking, what can I do? I just started painting um, masterpieces in 15 minutes and yeah, which flogging them on eBay. Yeah, well, it's extraordinary. So you you film this, and you have good, very good artist. I mean, this I've is... Got a... A, I've got a, I've a treat for you, Richard. Yes. This afternoon, this is why I feel like I'm in a dream, because I listen to podcasts and just looking at a picture of you... Yeah. I'm painting it, and I did this. It's about two oh hours. Oh, my goodness. This is, I'm going to send this to you. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> there we go. It's good. And I thought you could put that, This will, all the people listening to the podcast will immediately go to YouTube. She'll get hundreds of extra advert hits. Yeah, that's this good. Is, I'll send that's this to you, so your, your wife can put it on the wall when you go on tour. That's nice. This is, this is you I laughing at Adam Buxton. I think it's a bit more handsome than I am. That's the problem. I'll come back and she'll be disappointed. Like I think the teeth are a bit better than my actual teeth. That's the thing when you start doing teeth, if you do the lines in them. I couldn't. I didn't know how much dirt to put in them. Yeah, a bit more, a bit more. Just yellow them up a bit. Feel free to do that. Put that I in at home. That oh, that's very, very nice. I mean, that is absolutely genius. But I love the 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 YouTube thing of you creating these artworks, in, which I'm presuming is genuinely in 15 minutes. Yeah, some prick. <laughs> Said to me, had the audacity to say to me, oh, right, well, you're not doing these 15 minutes. So I put up one 
um, I put up a whole 50, I did a Liechtenstein right. one. Yeah. I just literally went, all right, you dickhead. Oh, and just uploaded the whole 15 minutes of me just painting in the 15 minutes. <laughs> of course, it's got me repeating myself and me going, uh, 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 and all those horrible sounds you went out. But I mean, what would be the point in doing it in cheating? <laughs> Have you not seen them? A lot of them are shit. They're shit. So why would I do an extra twenty minutes on something that? Sh- <laughs> and how much do you sell them for? You sell so you're that you're you're doing the YouTube. You get some advertising revenue from YouTube, maybe. Okay. There's <laughs> a myth about YouTube. People think we earn millions. Yeah. I work. Out, I get a pound for every thousand views. Okay. And each of my videos gets almost a thousand views. <laughs> So we never is one pound. Yeah, we never bothered trying to monetize YouTube for that for that reason because it's it's not. Yeah, Although it's I tiny. think I've over the whole course of, and it must be the same for you. Over the course of all the things I've ever done, it's like quite. It's it's a it was a surprisingly huge. It's something like thirteen million hits or something. I think over everything mm, I've ever done. Mine's nowhere near that. It might have been a million, but it was still like loads. Um, but uh, so maybe I should have done it. But there we go. Yeah. So um, so you sell how much do they sell? How much do the art, works of art sell for? About thirty pounds normally. Okay, that's not bad. That's thirty quid for fifteen minutes work. Thirty one pounds plus ten hours editing. <laughs> <laughs> but I've enjoyed it though. I didn't yeah. realise my biggest thing I found out was that Liechtenstein just nicked everything. Did you know this about him? I didn't know, no. I haven't seen this one. So I, was, I used to, what's the best thing about doing these paintings is I normally watch a documentary and a brilliant 80s documentaries on YouTube and there's one about Liechtenstein. And there's a guy who really hates Liechtenstein because he basically just went down the comic shop, bought some comics from the 1950s, yeah. cut out the frames, projected them onto the onto the screen, got yeah. him, sometimes he didn't even paint them, he got his assistant to paint them, and was selling them for about a million pounds, and he gave the comic book artist no credit, and there's a brilliant website called Uncovering Lichtenstein or something, and this guy's gone and found all the actual frames that were the basis of Lichtenstein's okay. pictures. So That's but, not on, is it? That's not good. It's out of order. That's not nice. Um, look, there's loads. I don't, there's loads of great stuff on the, the YouTube channel as well. My wife had reminded me, and I'd forgotten about it because I forget everything. So I watched it again with fresh eyes. Uh, my, my absolute favourite one you did, and I don't know when you did this, was the Guess Who, the expert, the semi-professional Guess Who guy, who was playing <laughs> yeah. Guess Guess Who and coming up with other questions that you could ask to, yeah. to choose the Guess Who. I mean, there's no point in discussing it other than to say. Google that people at home and find it. It is just every time I've watched it, I have absolutely pissed myself laughing. That's the thing with Guess Who. I mean, yeah. it gets boring when you do the standard questions. Yeah. If you say like, who's been in, who's had the longest prison sentence? <laughs> who would, who would you, who would you not leave babysitting your children? Yeah, it works. I mean, it just works, and yeah. it's fun, and they're very funny categories. So do check that out. But you are, that does lead me on. We'll talk about all the things you're up to. Uh, does lead me on to, you're, you're an inventor of games yourself. Uh, so you've invented a sport and a card game. So let's talk about the card game. Well, this is, well, my dad's an inventor. Yeah. And basically I come up with ideas and he starts making these ideas without consulting me. Right. And starts spending my money. And it's originated, I'll show you, this is a picture, this is what I've bought it. This here is his first thing he did, which, beyond, yes. which is a pill cutter. 
Yeah, I saw a video about this today, yes. Yeah, and he ordered, he basically, <laughs> my mum had arthritis in her hand and she couldn't get a pill cutter from anywhere. Yeah. So my dad thought, rather than, oh, right, I'll just order one. This is like 2005 or something. He ordered 20,000 from China. Yeah. And and the first batch came, they had the razor blades in the wrong way round. So he had to send them all back. And in that time, all the main shops started selling them. Uh-huh. And he basically sold, he put an advert on the Daily Mail, he sold 35, so we had all these everywhere. Anyway, how Wolfsburg as a sport came about. Yeah. So I, w- I went to watch the American football at Wembley. Do you know, do you remember Lee Bannard? Do you remember two gigs with Lee Bannard? No, I don't think so. Rings John Nickel, uh, a couple of comedians. No, Phil, yeah. And we got in a queue. You know, you just queue up for things when you just see a massive queue, and this must be good. Yeah. It's a queue. And we queued for half an hour, and it was just a queue to the shop selling key rings. <laughs> and we felt a block. When we queued for that long, you think, oh, I'm just going to buy some anyway. Okay, yeah. just buy, buy that for a fiver. And I said, I'm going to make up my own sport and start selling merchandise and make shitloads of money. <laughs> and my mate, my mate Lee said, I bet you can't. I bet you 20 quid you can't. And then, so we made the bet, and we spent the whole of the game trying to find websites ending in ball. Yeah. And basically, they're all taken. Every single website ending in ball is taken. So my other friend, John, said, why don't you just make him a name and call it Wolfsball? So I bought the website, and then I had to look at creating a sport. And I realised that <laughs> when you get in your 30s and 40s, it's impossible to get like a five-a-side team out because everyone's got kids. <laughs> no one gives a shit. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to do a sport. So I thought, I'll just do a sport for three people that's non-contact, where you can pretty much stand still. Yeah. And I told my dad about it, and the next thing I know, <laughs> literally the next day, this email comes through, and I'm like, oh, what have we done, Dad? And it's got loads of attachments on it. And he'd gone down B&Q, and he bought all the wood <laughs> to make this prism. It's a bit like the thing that was found in Utah. It's a, a triangular prism with a hoop at the top. And we played it on the Isle of Wight about five years ago, and it worked. Yeah. And since then, I've invested about £5,000 and got pretty much no further. (laughs) Well, it looks quite... I mean, it looks like something... um, Because it's a spinning... It's very clever. I love it. It's a a circles around a a spinning thing. And you get... It's a bit like, um, I suppose, Quidditch in that you get different points for hitting different things. Yeah. And if you kick a ball through the hoop, you get something like 10 points, but you usually get one point. Is that You get one point if you throw it and hit the target. Yes, yeah, so there's three circles. In the middle circle is this prism, which is six foot. I mean, it's aesthetically a beautiful piece of work. But, you know, that's not many people have got those knocking around. No, you have to make those yeah. uh, at the cost of a roughly, the first one, some metal welder told my dad it was £500. Right. And I said, all right, Dad, that's all I've got, £500. And he came back and went, oh, Dave says it's going to be a grand now. Like, all right. <laughs> and they go, oh, the hoop's going to be extra. It cost me about a grand and a half, this metal for the first prototype. Yeah. Anyway, you throw the ball at this thing and you all run around. There's rules on the internet. It's yeah, a great three-player sport. It's Henning Vane's favourite sport. It's a great sport. I've, have you ever played Viking Cubs? Have you played Cubs? No. Well, it's not the same, but I've, I've been playing that. My wife bought it for my birthday in July and I've played it three times. I'm unbeaten. I play with my wife and a team. And that's two or three people and it involves throwing. Uh, it's a bit like chess, though, sort of like it's a square thing and there's a king in the middle and you've got to throw sticks and knock down other sticks. 
But it, it reminds great. me of that. And it's really, I think you'll like it. It's a great game. Your game is different, but in this similar sort of ballpark, I was going to say, that's, uh, that's a funny thing to say. Uh, but it's genuinely a good game. I don't think I've seen anything like it. It's sort of a, mi- a mixture of basketball, Quidditch. Uh, yeah, I used and... to play basketball because yeah. I realised in basketball, the whole middle bit, no one gives a shit about the middle bit. Yeah. That's totally redundant. Yeah. So I just did a circular sport and everyone likes it, but I need to find uh, someone to invest millions of pounds. Yeah, I think that, I think that should happen. I think it's, a very, you know, because a comedian usually inventing a game for all this, the 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 genesis of this idea you've explained, it would turn out to be like a joke game and it would be silly and it would be, but it genuinely, I've watched some videos of people playing it. It's genuinely exciting. It's, uh, you know, there's some skill in it. There's a bit of luck in it. So if you kick the ball through that hoop at the end, you can come back, which it does. A doppel wolf ball. A doppel wolf ball. Incredible. Yeah. But apart from Quidditch, which is a similar, the, the final ball suddenly is worth way more than everything else. Too much, I would say. That you don't get many sports where someone can come back from ten points behind, and uh, and win in the last second. So it's 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 Volfsball. That's a V O L F S. It's a terrible name for it because yes, yeah. because saying it, there's yeah, there's no way of knowing what that means. But you've also invented this card game that my uh, I bought some copies of this that I'm going to distribute to badgers. If you're not at the end of this month. So if you're not yet a monthly badger, go to gofasterstrike.com slash badges to be in with a chance of winning one of 10 copies of this game. How did this... It's called uh, Pooh Man, right? Is that the name of the, the card? Yes, it's a very, very hybrid game, yeah. Richard. I like it. Um, I don't know uh, if your kids... What games they like to play? Well, I've got nieces and nephews, or nieces and nephews. I think they nephew. would like this. They play... Um, my son's t- terrible, so he'll just throw things around. It's not worth. We played. We actually played the Taskmaster board game with my daughter, and just chose quite carefully what we did. And she was more or less the Taskmaster, but she enjoyed that. But yeah, we play some board games. I think having watched the video of this, they would my, certainly my daughter would like this. It's basically my niece and nephew always want to play monsters. Yeah, it involves you pretend to be a monster and running round, that every Christmas my brother would come in and go, all right, I want to sit on my phone for half for the, a whole day, yeah. and Uncle Marek will play Monsters, which involves me pretending to be a monster until they start screaming and crying, and then they have five minutes rest and carry on again. And I just thought, I c- can't cope with this anymore. So I tried to invent a game where I could sit down for most of it and yeah. be a monster for less. So That's I had good. these cards, and I started... To, and they were, I drew like a poo man on one of them. And if they turned that over, then I would turn into the poo man, just transform. I mean, just, I mean, it's quite terrifying. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then run after them and until they, uh, I caught break them. Then their I realised. Did you break their necks with a little? Yeah, I broke the necks. I mean, I said I had niece and nephews. They're all dead now <laughs> after poo man. But it wasn't me, did it? It was poo man. So it's fine. So I developed this into... A deck of... Th- my dad said I should do this. So over lockdown, I spent a day on my Mac every day on the crappy mouse pad trying to draw these characters. So basically, you put all the cards face down. There's about 30 cards. And you turn them over and you've got to collect five brown stars. And they just turn... It's like, and so, for example, oh, look, I've turned over Lionel Longlog. Yeah. He's worth two brown stars. Okay. And then, oh, yeah, I, Belinda Bumyorn, there's one brown star. And if you turn over the poo man, then you have to go and chase the kids. Okay. 
And there's other different cards as well. But that's see, I like can... that immediately because I can see now uh, you've explained how it came about, why this is the case. But most card games don't have that interactive moment where it turns into something else. I just, I think that's you've just got this. There's a de- definite, you know, comedic genius in you, which we'll get onto. But the genius of creating these things that are, you know, because it's so hard to create a game, right? I've often thought about it. I've tried to come up with a game with emergency questions, that, but it's, you know, it's so difficult to find something that isn't hasn't already been done and this feels you know, there's elements that you might recognize from other games i suppose but it feels like a new thing and and having the chase as part of it is well is basically cool. all i did was take chasing your kids around the house and make it so you can sit down more sure well i i, I absolutely appreciate that that's a fantastic thing so we can get you can get this from your website i've got i've got co.uk okay don't be careful what you put into the internet <laughs> <laughs> and what you order, because I think that name may be associated with some other sort of darker yeah. uh, <laughs> websites. But there's, you could do a book of this. I mean, because I was also listening, you know, you'd, you'd seem to do so many things. You run with so many different projects and some of them, go on for a but while and some of them tend to fail they, well, I don't they fail I feel, it feels like you just get bored and want to move on to something else I was I listening to your bedtime stories which are these very inventive uh, it's a very quick podcast I think from 2018 I was listening to that this morning no one listened to it literally got about three listeners it was so good I mean the, but that was that's a book in that there's a book in this isn't it you could do a book with these characters You're very well t- I could do the yeah. best thing is I put there's 10 blank cards in there yeah. So people have been sending me their own versions of... They can invent their own Puma yeah. cards. So it's great. We just get the kids to shut up and just sit there and draw. It's, it's a I've genius, got some brilliant ones. Absolute genius. For a man who doesn't have his own children, and I hope never will. Uh, <laughs> I'm quite happy not having any. No, but for a man who doesn't have his own children, I will carry on seriously. Um it's you know that is the perfect that's the perfect thing because that's they'll set and draw they'll like to be chased but if you've got a little interactive thing they will sit down and listen to it so it's a it's a brilliant design game i hope it becomes as you know a massive huge hit it deserves to how 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 long how long has this been on the market for this game august right i mean this is what the first lot i bought i realized this is what my dad bought the barcode yeah and I didn't realise it's like those are dodgy people selling barcodes. Right. Did you know this? No. Anyone trying to sell buy you think you've got to buy a barcode for it? There's only one place you can get barcodes from. Right. So the first five hundred I can't even sell. I've been sitting it because they've got shit barcodes on the back of them. But I've ordered another I mean, I need to sell another hundred and ten to break even. Right, we'll do that for you. We'll get. Well, we we bought ten, so there you go. Oh yes, and uh, that did so. That'll take that'll take some of it down. Uh, and the people at home, I'd highly recommend it. Uh, Chris Evans, not that one, has been playing it and says it's brilliant. And I've uh, also on Twitter, loads of people have been mentioning it. So if it's only been going since August, I think this could be the thing that takes you into the big time. This is your big time. Yes, I think it is. Uh, and I think definitely do do something with the characters and do something, you know, if you if you can make that into into an immersive experience or the game is part of, there could be a Pooh Man world. It could be, I went to Legoland with my kids. You know, there could be a Pooh Man Lego, Legoland. Pooh world. Yeah, Pooh world. That's what you do. You take over, that's what Peppa Pig world was, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. My brother said, 
he went there. It used to be Paulton's Park, and one side was Peppa Pig's World, yeah. which was full and twice the price. Yes. And it was exactly the same park next door, <laughs> without the pigs. No one there. Yeah. So that's what we need to do. I'm, I'll I'll come in. I'll just take sixty uh, percent of that. The sounds good income. to me. Yeah, for, for coming up with this idea. Uh, I'm not going to do any of the work, but I hope you will. No, I honestly think that looks very exciting. There's so many things going on. Uh, and the, the bed, listen to his bedtime story. It's called Bedtime Stories, right? The the podcast. Yeah, I just did those. And I, I, I do just, some um, more. Abandoned. I lost all those. I dropped my hard drive, which had them all on there. So. Well, copy them off the internet. They're, they're on the internet. You could write a book of that. It's, it, was, it reminded me a little bit of uh, Limmy's. You know, Limmy put out those that book of short stories. Oh, yeah, stories. So I started writing short stories ages ago. Yeah. And then I saw he put out his book, and I thought, oh, shit, I can't it's do not that the, now. It's not the same, but it's... And yours <laughs> yeah. are short, yeah, they're proper short little... Some of them are, like, almost a line long, but they all work as... The one way you were doing the woman who's, uh, who's called Margo, who's... <laughs> who'd watched Fargo and Argo, and then you said that's was their third and second favourite fil- uh, films. And I was thinking, right, what is the first favourite? And I couldn't think of what it was going to be. And that's just so satisfying when you when you then you have found another film that rhymes with Argo. Let's see I if can't even remember it. You not Run remember? It. Yeah, so good, it all out. Everything that you've listened to or associated with you are blocked out. <laughs> <laughs> if, I'm the, if I'm the magnet that destroys... Yeah. The work you've done. Hey, I'm going to ask you some emergency questions. So I think that'll be fun. We'll get back onto all the crazy. It's amazing, uh, Merrick. I, I can't believe no I'm going to be a millionaire after this. You podcast, are going to be, honestly. You? This this podcast will break. This this poo man is going to be. Oh, you can put on the get... box. It's going to be huge. But I'll, it's I, it's fine. Look, I don't even. I'll take seventy percent. I'll just take seventy percent. That's how seventy oh, percent of the seventy percent now. Yeah, I've t- I've t- I was going to be sixty because. You've been so nice. I'm just going to take 70 now. It sounds so, fair. That's yeah. really good of you. Thank you. Just for helping you out. This is because I'm promoting it. I'm going to ask you some emergency questions. What I'll ask you an emergency question about what's Christmas like? Does the Isle of Wight have any special Christmas traditions that a must do? It's like a different world. Is it different than the mainland in Christmas? Is yes, because 10% of the population die every Christmas. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of funerals. Lot of yeah. And that could be, it should be probably more. Than, well, no, no, if it's tier one, it won't be more than that this year. You're safe. Old people should go to the Isle of Wight is what we're, we're That's saying. That's what they all do anyway. Yeah, they should go in more, greater numbers. I'll if send you want to feel young, move here. It's great. You literally, I haven't got a car, so I'm cycling around on my bike. I think in my head, I think I'm 14 still. It's amazing. <laughs> right, here's some Christmas emergency questions. Uh, what is the most pompous Christmas carol, in your opinion, which is... There's some pompous Christmas carols out there. Oh, uh... A lot of the Victorian ones are quite pompous. Hark I'm trying the to... Herald Angels Sing? Yeah. And not really. What's the really... The really boring ones that don't catch on. What about God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen? Is that a bit pompous? Not really. Not really. In the bleak midwinter? Um, little Donkey. <laughs> I'm going for Little Donkey. Little Donkey, okay. I like Little Donkey. Um, what is the most unpleasant thing you've ever found in a stocking? It doesn't have to be a Christmas stocking, but it can oh, be. Oh, a stocking? Yeah, in a stocking. It could be any kind of stocking. So you're insinuating that I was the sort of bloke who hangs around people who wear stockings? No, I'm just saying it's a Christmas thing. You can take it as being a Christmas or stocking. Or I've been looking through some old ladies' <laughs> 
stocking drawer, yeah. rooting around the leg seeing what I could find. What's yeah. the most unpleasant thing? I think when you first touch a satsuma, yeah. and you don't know it's a satsuma, that's not a tradition. It used to be a real tradition putting satsumas in there. Yeah, no, it did. What? Well, I, what I was thinking today, because I had some peanuts today, and it suddenly reminded me of monkey. Do you remember getting monkey nuts at Christmas? Oh, yeah. Like in the in the shells. Shit. They were really bad. Yeah. Um, but uh, that doesn't happen, does it? I don't do that for my kids. I don't know where you even get monkey nuts. Are you even allowed to say monkey nuts anymore? That's the kind of thing. Mm, can't. I'm surprised you brought it up, actually. <laughs> I'm not sure you could say that. And, I uh, mean, you better edit it out. That's outrageous. <laughs> My kids got three advent calendars each. That's bullshit. And like, you know, you're a little younger than me, but old enough. When we were kids, an advent calendar was literally just you opened a door and there was a picture. I saw your tweet about it. Yeah. I I saw it and I thought, that's exactly right. And I remember genuinely being excited. Yeah. That's That's what I feel bad about. Not that the kids have got nice ones now. mine, Mine have got one with Lego and they've got two ones with chocolates. But what I feel bad about is that I was excited by the prospect of opening a thing. Probably, like a lot of people said on Twitter, we just use the same one every year, which I think we might have done as well. There was no point in getting a new one because they were all yeah. shit. And it was always like the, the nativity scene on the 24th. So yeah, that wasn't, it wasn't even a surprise. Double double doors, but nativity scene. A bell scene. would be an early one, wouldn't it? Yeah. You'd get a donkey, you'd get yeah. an angel, yeah, Christmas angel. tree. What else? Goat? I don't know. <laughs> They probably ran out. It's hard to get 24 things from the nativity. And then we also, and then the candle was the, the, the nativity candle was the first, they were the first people, the candle makers to work out the chandlers. I think they're called, aren't they? They worked out that they could flog extra stuff, right? Because no one actually needed that candle. It wasn't a functional candle. You'd burn down a day, but Mm. also you'd do three days and then you'd forget to blow it out and then it would all burn down. And they were the first people who realised we can make more out of Advent than just some Advent calendars. They went onto candles and then someone went, hey, why don't we put some chocolate in there? Mr. Cadbury did it. Ian Cadbury did that. And then Ian Lego. Was it Ian Ian Cadbury? Ian Ian Cadbury, yeah. He he invented the chocolate. And Ian chose Cadbury rather than Ian. It wouldn't be as good. (laughs) Ian's chocolate. Yeah, well. I quite like Ian's chocolate. Yeah. They're always called in. Yan Lego. Thought I'd put some Lego in. I mean, that's crazy. And now, and now they're sell- it's just escalating. I want to know where it's going to go because now they're selling advent calendars to adults with booze and posh chocolates. And like I saw one with socks. You get fucking advent calendars. Socks. What? How many socks do you need? Well, you get 24 pairs of socks. And it's a big advent calendar. Perfume. And I sort of think like the next, but it's, it's escalating. It's like an arms race. Next, it's going to be someone's going to do an advent calendar that's November and December. Then it's going to be every you're going to be an advent calendar for every day. You're going to have to have, and it's and it's going to have like, you know, shoebox size things for every present. People will be living in advent calendars. They'll have to because there'll be no room. You've got 366 potential cabinets, and you have to then refill those or change. Just move. I suppose you just move every year. They'll have to take, take over tower blocks of people yeah. and use those. Maybe homeless people. I don't really know what what your point is. <laughs> Just things have changed, haven't they? And it's not with no monkey. There's no monkey nuts. You're not allowed to say monkey nuts. You don't get a satsuma anymore. We've got. Just, where did it? Yeah, we need to get, draw the line somehow. Yeah. 
Advent calendars have changed. So you're saying that homeless people can live in advent calendars, they, right? Well, they might have to. Maybe they could, once you've used your advent calendar and it's empty, they could move in, couldn't they? It could so you take the, the you take the presents out, yeah. and then the homeless person, they get. <laughs> you have twenty four homeless people. Yeah, they Maybe live outside the house. You, yeah. you do a draw. They get one number each. Oh yes, I'm number one. But if they get to, the thing, that's the thing. They're homeless. Yeah. They can get number one, which means they get warmer quicker. But they want to get twenty four because that's the big one, isn't it? Yeah, that is the double doors. Twenty four is a bigger bigger room. So you've got to wait well, 23 days. What I like about this is it's back to the true meaning of Christmas, isn't it? You're thinking of the the needy, Marek. And that's yes. what we're not that's what's not happening in my house where kids are eating chocolate and making making me make little Lego models every fucking morning because they've got Lego uh I I didn't buy any of these advent calendars. I wouldn't let them have anything if it was up to me. It's my parents, my in-laws and my sister have sent all these calendars down. One of them's like a train with little door, doors that you have to open like that. It's nuts. So you're saying next year, yeah. every day, you're going to have a homeless person move into your house yeah. for December. And live in a, and live in a, in a small space. Probably well, that ten, sounds... <laughs> too small for to really to live in, but it's, it's better than being outside. I'll make that pledge now. All right, that wasn't That's a good. Well done. Well um, done. Question 204. Are you looking forward to watching the Mrs. Brown's Boys special Christmas special this year? Yes, what we do in my family, yeah. we tape the last year's Mrs. Brown's Christmas special. Yeah. And we've accumulated them all so we can watch six or seven hours now. Okay, good. Hopefully the whole thing. That's nice. Yeah, get the whole story. Work yeah, out you get going. all the characters. You get the progression of the characters. Yeah. You get the b- bits. And they're it's, still funny. The jokes are still funny. Yeah, a year on. That's good. You've not been. You've been in a lot of things. You haven't been in Mrs. Brown's Boys, but you're not related to that bloke who dresses up as Mrs. Brown. So you've got to be maybe. Related, related by marriage or or blood. Maybe if they want to cast, I mean, I'm the list, Richard. I yeah. think of people who sort of, if there's a part for someone who might have something wrong with him, <laughs> I, I'm genuinely. On that list. Yeah. I always remember um, when my first agent, so I think you are still with, sent me to an advert casting for Aquafina and everyone else there was like from the ugly agents. <laughs> Every single other yeah. person. I was like, oh, right. I'm that sort of person, really. I'm on, I, or now people think I'm Polish, so I get p- put casting for sort of Polish. Uh, uh, strong men. Right. I'm neither Polish or strong man. <laughs> How did you end up with uh, a Polish name? Uh, you probably a Polish... <laughs> so my mum, back in 1975, my mum was watching a documentary on Panorama about a p- Polish boy called <laughs> Marek. Okay. And uh, he had a heart def- defect. <laughs> And they filmed the whole of his... He was going to have this pioneering operation. Okay. And they and they showed him in the school, first of all, before and after. And he was just there playing chess against this other boy who couldn't go outside. So the kid was like this. <clears throat> and then Matt was saying, I'm very much looking forward to having the operation so I can go and play football with the other boys. Everyone speaks in RP. It's amazing. Yeah. 
And then he has this, you see this, it's so brutal. Not like today's documentaries when they've got music playing in the background. It's just stone cold silence. Yeah. And a blood bank on the wall with empty blood, uh, what they call each pint of blood. Right. And the boy dies, basically. <laughs> it's horrific. And my mum said, <laughs> it's awful. And my mum <laughs> said, if it's a boy, I'm going to name him Marek <laughs> after the poor Polish boy who died. Oh. I watched, my friend found this documentary in the BBC archives and I watched it thinking oh, it would be quite funny. And it's one of the most harrowing moments I've ever seen where you, where you see him say goodbye to his parents. <laughs> oh. And they're, bye, we'll see you tomorrow. And they don't see him tomorrow. It's oh. awful. <laughs> So I'm named. I'm that's me. I'm named after <laughs> poor, poor Polish. Well, I don't know. It's good if we can turn Pooh Man into the success it deserves to be. Then that might be some consolation to that boy. Yeah, who think? Oh, thank God that my life was worth something. <laughs> oh, later dear. on, someone, uh, <laughs> someone <laughs> made up a card game based on shit. <laughs> you never know you never know okay oh well that's you know i'm sort of crying as much as laughing at that so it's a sad story it, it is a sad, sad story it and, um, it's very harrowing oh dear what a I'll, do, I'll ask you an emergency question <laughs> luckily this isn't it's the week before christmas so do you want it's a bit like a tiny tim story though i suppose isn't it <laughs> it is it's like tiny tim except he dies yeah yeah what did my daughter call him? My daughter called him. Uh, I can't remember. We were watching. We were watching the Scrooge, the uh, Scrooge McDuck Christmas Carol, and she said, "Is it? Is it? <laughs> is Tony died or something?" She said, <laughs> "Tiny Tony." Tiny Tony or Tony Tim? <laughs> yeah, Tony. Ah, oh, dear. It's all. Uh, it's all there. Um. Let me see. Oh, look, tiny, here's one. Tiny Tony died the previous year. Yeah. He, he was Bob Crotchet's older son. <laughs> Bob Crotchet. <laughs> Bob Crotchet. Tony Crotchet. Tony Crotchet. Tony Tim died. <laughs> Tommy Tim died. And then Tiny Tim <laughs> was the last one. Okay. That's good. Um, what is the oldest Christmas decoration still used during your festivities in the Isle of Wight? Is there anything on your Christmas tree? That's been there for 44 years or longer. My brother made an angel from when he was at school. My older brother. Yeah. So he's two. So that's, he must've been about four or five. And he's a bit older than me. It's right. about 42 years old. That's not Pretty bad. Good, right. What about you? But, well, um, I was going to say that's my toy from when I was a kid. That's my donkey, the little donkey. You hate him. Um, uh, that's, that's 50, a donkey. That's fifty. It's a donkey. I pulled off his ears. He's fifty years old. Uh, they. I was just thinking there was a. You know, when we put the Christmas tree up, a few things got broken, and there was like uh, a snowman that one of the kids had made. It got broken in two, and we said, "I said to my wife, should we put glue that back together and keep it?" And she said, "Well," and I said, I, "We can't even remember which one of them made it." To be honest, so we threw it away. So that's, if your parents had made the same decision, you wouldn't have that angel anymore. So we threw it out because, you know, you have so much shit that your kids make. 
If you can't, what just percentage go... of your children's things do you throw away? I mean, most. I've got stuff stuck up. The good bits, the nicer bits, I stick up on the wall, and my wife takes some. But it's literally, she comes. She used to come back from uh, the first from reception, and she'd have made something every day that was basically we'd just brought. She just brought home the teachers' recycling, just stuck together with sellotape. So and it yeah. didn't look like anything when she was five, four or five. And so we'd keep it for a day or two. And if she didn't play with it, I'd just put it in. I'd take all the sellotape off and put it in the recycling. Um, so there's a lot of junk that gets made. But there's things you do keep. And, you know, this it's interesting to see, you know, how the human brain and ability exponentially increases. And you just get shocked sometimes. You can read now. And that's sort of just shocking because, you know, six months ago, she wouldn't have been able to read more than a word or two. And she can properly read. And you go, how did that happen? It wasn't anything to do with me, even though I've been homeschooling again. Um, anyway, let's I'm sure talk. It was. I'm let's... sure it was, Richard. It was a little. You I'm, can you teach know. people to read in six months. Um, well, you know, you, they, you just let the, your brain's a sponge in it and you just take it all in. And it's, you know, it's interesting. The little one learns because she's teaching him stuff as well. So he's learning. So it's an advantage being the second one, I think, because you get taught by your older kids if they like each other. They're very sweet together most of the time. Mostly. Um, how much do you know about Geoffrey de Lowood, the 12th century ancestor of yours from Norfolk, or is that a joke? It's pronounced Geoffrey de Lowood. Okay. Um, not much, <laughs> but uh, I think my aunt started doing um, because Larwood's quite a Norfolk name, right? Because when I was at school, everyone used to say the teacher said to me, "Oh, you related to Harold Larwood? You ever heard of a Harold Larwood? Yeah, is he a cricketer? Yeah, he was a." Basically, sounds like a bit of an arsehole. He's the bodyline guy. Yeah, he would just bowl yeah. directly at people. <laughs> <laughs> really dangerous. Yeah. Really unsportsmanlike. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> are you related to the arsehole cricketer? And it turns out, I go, no, I don't think so. Turns out, I what he's like a distant cousin. Oh, really? Okay. Who just throw cricket balls directly at someone's head? Well, then and then you've got a game where you throw balls at the posts. So, you know, it's in the yeah. it's in the Larwood blood. That well, I never play cricket at school. Right. I always think I don't, you probably think this as well. Like, things you haven't tried that you might have been yeah. the world champion of. Yeah, I could have been a brilliant cricket player. Someone told me, "All oh, right, you're, you know, distant. I could have been earning shitloads of money." Yeah, in the actions and other cricket business, I don't really follow it, but. <laughs> I don't think they make that much money. I don't think if you're going for the money, I don't think cricket's the one to go for. Must think, make quite a bit though, right? I mean, they're top players maybe, but I think it's not It's not a huge world sport. You know, you want to get good at football. That's what you want to do. Or, Too much or, competition though. What about Are motor you... racing? That would be good. If you, if you, I've never tried motor racing. I reckon I could probably... It's only driving a car, right? Well, I haven't driven since I passed my test 10 years ago. So, I, Hang on. You should ask to do some car driving acting tomorrow, Richard. Okay. <laughs> this is... Oh! Whoa! Whoa! Yeah. I, I was race. watching North by Northwest. Yes. And they've got some really good... I really like the old car. <laughs> yeah. With the background going. Yeah, great. Yeah, we could the do that here. Probably, I could probably sort that out. That would be good to do a moving car one next time. Yeah. I could probably do that. Could probably get, uh, probably even set it up so we're having a lesson in the car. Though I quite like doing it over the internet. Um, let's talk about how you all got started. Did you? Did, how did you? You you did a sketch show, uh, fantastic sketch group called We Are Clang with Greg Davis and Steve Hall. 
Uh, Greg Davies has gone on to be the Taskmaster. I'm currently in a show with him. He, are you, are you still on good terms? I know you've worked on Mandan and stuff, haven't you? Do you do, yeah, I don't do you... see it so, so much, really. I mean, it's just the way it goes, isn't it? You have yeah. some periods where you're in sketch groups working with people a lot, and then some people are more successful. <laughs> <laughs> How did the group get... I just think you'd be great on Taskmaster, so I'd hope you will be on Taskmaster, but... Um... How did you three meet and get together? Was this all at um, at uh, the comedy tutorial thing? I was well, trying to think. Logan we Morris doing, thing, wasn't it? We were doing um, stand-up. Right. And then um, Greg said to me he really wanted to sort of form a sketch group that would appeal to old ladies. He had a real thing about old, really old ladies. And I said, well, I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> and he said, like, I know Steve Hall. I met Steve and he's really into like, oh, really, really old ladies. And if we could do some comedy that would appeal to them and just get, you know, I don't, because all the stand-up stuff is young people. And I really want to get to meet properly like 70, 80-year-old ladies. <laughs> so I said, well, I suppose I could do it. I don't, I could just be in the background being an idiot, I suppose. And yeah, yeah, do that. But as long as... <laughs> <laughs> so the um, the thing was you want to go around old people's homes that's what he wanted specifically old people's homes to uh, <laughs> that's where he thought he would get the best chance yeah and he didn't want anyone who t- he said look I don't I don't want to do this work and then have sort of this old lady going off with you so you're going to have to play a weirdo who's not attractive to them and Steve you can just you know, just do some other stuff. Yeah. Uh, just stand there. Yeah. And that was how it happened. That was how it happened. <laughs> That's how it, happened. it was Greg Davis wanting to. Wow. Uh, yeah. Got, I mean, got an exclusive there. That's incredible. So, um, incredible news. Um, it was, I mean, as a stage thing, it was huge, right? You won loads of awards. It was like a, a big thing. You got a, the, it was fantastic on stage, and then as happens a lot, it goes to TV, and it kind of did it not quite click on TV. It or was rubbish on TV. Yeah, let's not beat you around the bush. <laughs> <laughs> That's the annoying thing. You say yeah. oh, I was in We Are Clang, and then people watch it on the show and go, "Oh, I." I mean, it was partly our fault, but partly um, when we was, so we were did a stage show, we were quite rude. Yeah. And I think it suited us doing live stuff. We should just have recorded a live TV show. Should have just been that. Um, but then we were sort of, they wanted to play a sketch on TV and they said, oh, here's a format for you. Have a town council. And just before, I mean, it was our, we didn't get the tone right. And then just before <laughs> we were filming was when Jonathan Ross and Russell Brand phoned up um, <laughs> the waiter guy from yeah. uh, Manuel and the BBC absolutely shat their pants. And they came, so we were just rehearsing. We were filming out the weekend doing one, and they, we would do our tried and tested numbers, and they'd come and go, um, yeah, you can't do that. That's too, that's too rude. You can't do that. So our show changed from being quite a rude show to more like a kid's show. Right. And I remember being in the meeting with the BBC exec, with the head BBC commissioner afterwards. He went, yeah, I thought it was a bit too much like a kid's show. And our exec producer just sat there. And um, I can say this because I don't really have much of a TV crew anyway. And he just sat there and didn't say anything. And I thought, speak up. You're the one who told us to cut that shit out. 
you're in the meeting, you're not saying anything. So we just didn't get it right, basically. Um, yeah. And and we got the tone wrong. And it's quite... Uh, and in retrospect, you think, oh, it's a shame because I think we were really good live when we were at our it best. It was amazing. We, think was we were amazing, really, really right? funny. But sadly, all you've got to remember it by is some <laughs> odd, weird... Where's bits fun? Some episodes are all right. Some bits of some episodes are okay. Yeah. But it's just frustrating it wasn't what it should have been. I think it's hard when, you know, sketch shows on TV, it's very rare that when they take off, they really take off. But it's it's there's a lot of failed sketch shows uh, and and a lot, you know, it's sort of the surprising thing with you is that it was a an established team. I think the problem is they often try and put together um, d- different people thinking, oh, this will work. Uh, and it's not necessarily going to be the case. But, yeah, they, someone meddles with it and changes it. And uh, it's a very hard thing to to get going. I think you were in a sketch show that I think is absolutely fantastic. Uh, sorry, I've got no head, but that was for kids. Oh, yes, it were, was good, yeah. Yeah, which uh, it's just, a, I, I've seen people tweeting about it. It's just been uh, put on BBC iPlayer, whatever it's called now. So it's, you can watch the whole thing and catch up on that. But that must have been, well, you did, what happened? You did the first and the third series, but not the second series. Was that... You're the, like yeah. the John Cleese of Sorry I've Got No Head. You sort of stepped away. I was doing clang in between the right. two. So, so uh, just... didn't, the timings didn't sort of work out. Right. But there's so many good people in it, so many talented people in it, and the writing was good. Yeah. And we were just churning them out, and that's when it worked. And it was just, I think it was just stupid and fun. And and um, we was lucky to get all those great people around at the same time. Yeah. But in a way, it sort of feels... I mean, Horrible Histories has gone on to be like this phenomenon and spawned all this other stuff as well, rightly so, I think. But it feels like that. I, was, I guess, in a way, you were so many people in... Uh, sorry, I've got no head. And you're all pulling in different directions and doing different things that you probably weren't going to become a team into the future, you know what I mean? But they, but it was such a strong cast before everyone was really famous as well. But pretty much everyone in it is... You know, you'd recognise now, I think, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, it was on the same time as they would film horrible histories in the same studio, right? And that would just literally come in and win loads of awards, <laughs> and we'd come into our shit changing rooms next, <laughs> sort of the slightly worse ones in the same studio where the heating didn't work. We had to say to the producer, "Oh, please, can we, you know, can get someone to fix the heating?" Someone broke into the studio, walked in, <laughs> nicked my, walked straight into the dressing rooms. Nicked my wallet, went down to local Lloyd's and tried to get a grand and a half out <laughs> on my car. Nicked my phone, and the producer says to me, "Oh, are you assu- are you insured?" I went, mm, "I think that's your job, maybe, to insure it." And also, he said, "Why do you have your phone on you?" And I said, "Have you not seen that I'm dressed in shorts and a vest? Am I supposed to put my phone up my heart? what?" <laughs> it was so low budget and so. You do literally twenty four pages a day or something crazy like that. Yeah, yeah. So it was amazing. It turned out so well. Yeah. But there oh, we go. Well, you should get the guys back together. Do a, do another series of you were all really old, really old, tired. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's interesting about you. I don't think TV has managed. You know, you've done lots of TV. I saw you. Um, you did uh, Drunk History with Olivia Coleman, I noticed as well. I wanted oh, to yeah. say that. So there's a picture of you and Olivia Coleman in Drunk History. And it looks like I'm really successful. <laughs> honest, and people go on IMDb and go, oh, <laughs> he yucks with Oscar winners. Mm, very interesting. 
Um, she went on to win an Oscar in four years after that, and you know you're you're doing a game about poo. You're doing a poo. I'm doing game about poo. So you know it's you're the same. Road, road it's for the old people. Equal. But I think what's you know, but I think looking at all the stuff you're doing, right, which is all this, it's like this fizzing energy and and so creative and inventive, like it literally inventive in some cases. And I don't think TV can really bottle that up. And I think there's a part of me and what I'm trying to do, especially on during the uh, lockdown and while we're online is kind of highlight people who are doing great stuff online. Um, but you know, th- because TV's sort of moved into this area where it's not, it's very difficult to be inventive on TV. I think it's very, it's very difficult to be given the space to try things out. It's, it's actually to the advantage of comedy. I think it, maybe not to comedians that, TV can't deal with them because then they go off and make their own stuff. And, you know, people like you and Michael Spicer, uh, Bilal Zaffa, you know, all these people who are working on these interesting shows, you would, me, that you would never do, yes. <laughs> that you would, yes. I forgot, me, I'm in there. No, no, but you, we, you know, we, because TV can't find a place to put you, uh, like, uh, officially all the time. And you do, and, and you work a lot. So it's not like you're not working, but. I don't think anyone's ever bottled the genius on TV, but you're you're able to do that online, and that's to the, just to, you know. I mean, it's to the advantage I, well, of comedy. I, like, I love YouTube. I just think it's yeah. If you if I don't really watch much TV, I just watch YouTube. Yeah. And when I was when I was a teenager, he said to me, "Oh yeah, there's this platform where you can make stuff and just put any old shit out there." Like <laughs> you do, you're prolific as well, and I love the fact you. Just, I love making stuff on YouTube. I do. I should promote my walk. I do. Walks as well. Yes, yes. I've got my. I'll send you one of my cool dudes walking club. Okay. I made rubbish. Uh, everything I make's rubbish. Uh, uh, <laughs> I um, so I walked the South Downs way and just filmed that. That was great. Sure. But there's some brilliant YouTube channels. The guy. Have you ever watched a guy called Geo Wizard? No. He's done this. Possibly the best series on YouTube. It's called the Straight Line Mission, where he tries to walk across Wales in a straight line and he's done all the music himself this 80s arcade music he's just done he's tried wales twice he's just doing norway please watch straight line mission across wales and a guy's called geo wizard and he films on his gopro and you watch stuff like that on youtube and think this is better than the stuff on tv this is so (laughs) you feel like you're in there you feel like you're him as he tries to evade these farmers that he's trespassing running through his hedges and Climbing up cliffs and almost getting killed, you wouldn't get you wouldn't a you wouldn't get insurance for that on yeah. TV. No, and b they wouldn't get past the second. They'd go, oh what? Who is this guy? Yeah, can we not get someone? <laughs> can we not get a BBC Face to do it? Or can we not get this? It's yeah. just. But then I that's think why that's I why YouTube. you know. But yeah, well I think you're right, and I think but I think that's also why TV is sort of on the way out because it's. But I think like in, it's it's amazing to, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, if there'd been as many comedians uh, and they weren't able to get on TV, there was no outlet, really. There was mm. stand up. You know, you could go and do stand up. You could go and do some crazy Ken Campbell 24 hour play or something. You could do something. But there's this outlet now and it's better than the, what's on TV. And it's more interesting than what's on TV. And there's a worldwide audience to find it. So it's like. You know, TV's in trouble, really. That's the irony. And, I, and I'm not sure. I think we're reaching the tipping point no pun intended, where, um, you know, doing stuff yourself is going to be more commercially successful than doing stuff on TV anyway. So, you know, TV at the moment is really just a way to advertise yourself if you're going to go on a tour, really. That's the only way to make Mm. proper money out of TV now, unless you're Gary Lineker. 
Are you Gary Lineker? I am Wayne Lineker. Okay, well that's Gary good. Lineker's charismatic brother. <laughs> so you know, it's I think it's so exciting when you, but you know, like I know you and I've seen loads of your stuff and I often retweet your videos. And then when I actually come to research, you go, I go, fucking, hell, look at all this other stuff I had no idea about. And so there's these vast, there's these vast kind of, you know fields to discover from all lots of different comedians and lots of different people out there. And you, you know, you're, I, I loved your short, I watched your short film that you, you put together, uh, which I think again was, did that come out of another podcast? <laughs> Marit makes a movie. Yeah. But that was a great, make... that was a really good short oh, film. No, it was. Oh, man, I, it was. It was really I tried enjoyable. To do a podcast to raise money for a film. Yeah. And I wrote this script about a guy who originally, who every, he's got a brain injury and everyone he sees is a mannequin. So I wrote this thing, which was brilliant. I reckon I can do this for like maybe two grand, three grand at a push. I started doing this podcast and again, this money's going to roll in. <laughs> and I <laughs> raised about six or seven hundred quid. And I already bought, that's why I thought, oh, I've got to do a film now. <laughs> and I haven't got any money. What can I do? Oh, just do a vlogging film <laughs> around my parents house <laughs> it's, good. it's really funny i don't know you're too kind it's really funny it's good but also i just think it you know it looks i mean it doesn't look homemade though it looks like properly made but it you know I it's, it's obviously it does look a bit homemade. it's not got a massive budget but i don't think that matters i was you know i was talking to alistair green about this i think it was, that was last week and you know it's 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 the ideas are more important than how it looks. It's than the production. But his stuff is incredible, just on yeah. his phone. Just yeah, yeah. on his phone. But it's great. the ideas, and you, your ideas are all great, and you've got so many ideas. Like that, that, the fact that you have lost all that bedtime Tory stuff, that's just something you threw away. And on every episode of that has like five stories in it that could easily be something else. So you know, it's you've got all this creative energy, and if it wasn't for the internet, and if it wasn't for the fact that you could just get stuff out there. I don't think there'd be any, you know, there wouldn't be anywhere to get this because you wouldn't go to TV and go, can I do the, my walks or can I do my, you know, my my film about this or about mannequins? That's my problem about walking programmes where I'm on it. On t- every single walking programme on TV, I don't do any bloody walking. <laughs> I've gone on long walks. That's why I make walking videos. They just go, oh, I'm here and so-and-so doing the South Downs way. I'm going to go and speak to this butcher. I know yeah. we're going to get on a train and now we're going to get on a boat. Do the bloody walking. Sorry, I get really cross about it. Yeah, you tried to win sports personality in 2014 as well. As I noticed, that, <laughs> we both I was, tried. I was annoyed both... not to get sports personality this year. I'm surprised you weren't up for actually. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised. Maybe I'll be the team task. Maybe you know they sometimes have a team one, don't they? So I might be the whole team of all the. But which players. Richard would win? That's well, a I good think question. if it's the team, it's all because there's 40 me's now, and over the lockdown, I've played, been playing with up to 40 me's. So uh, that why don't you do team. a sports Richard personality? Yeah. yeah, I could do my own one. I, I, I would own. very much like to see that the okay. nominations. Who's up for it? <laughs> the, well, I think me eleven would probably win out of all the. She's the mm. best. She's the most popular, I think. But I think a lot of it. I've got a lot of male, sort of heterosexual male viewers, and I think they just it's a bit of eye candy for the me eleven. So I think that's what that's about. Yeah, well, I'm mean, looking forward to seeing the episode. <laughs> that's good. Well, look, I've got to get up and learn my lines. I can't stay talking yeah. to you. And I've got to learn. I've got to go to bed. I've got to get up at something like half five. It's terrible being an actor, isn't it? I've got to be in somewhere in Essex in eight o'clock tomorrow morning. What's Remember that about? What your first line is? Uh, 
oh, my darling girl, something like that. No, so you've got to establish why my you're girl. only 13 years older than <laughs> Nick Helm. Oh, yes. I, I fucked their mum when I was 12. <laughs> Say that. Okay. Ask the director, so I've got a few ideas. <laughs> Say that. I'll I've got something better. I want to bring to the character. <laughs> cool. Well, look, everyone go and buy Pooh Man. Everyone check out Marek's many websites, uh, YouTube videos, uh, Cool Dudes Walking Club. Go, go and play Volsball. It's really genuinely looks fantastic. Anyone can play that. You'd all love it. Um, we didn't get to talk about hardly anything you've done. Uh, and uh, there's loads more stuff in there. You're Boris Johnson. You've done all sorts of stuff. Been in loads of sketch shows that nothing happened with. It's been, it's, it's been, it's been good. You've had a good career. Uh, look, I um, I hope you're carrying on doing all this stuff. It's amazing, and you're an absolute genius. And you have to know that. And you are too, Richard. Thank, Thank you very much for having much. me on your show. It's, it's my pleasure. absolute pleasure, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, next week, uh, Rod Gilbert. Do tune in for that, ladies and gentlemen. The fantastic Merrick Larwood. See you next time. Goodbye. You have been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Marek Larwood. Thank you, as always, to Pest, the popular music band, for playing this tune for us. It's delightful. I'm indebted to my friend and producer and director, Chris Evans, not that one, without whom none of this would be possible. Uh, thank you very much to everyone at ACAST. Thank you, everyone, to uh, the British Comedy Guide, especially. Thank you to all the guys who usually would have been filming the shows. Um... Poor old incompetent Sandman George. What's what's he? What's big? What's become of him? Probably dead. Probably dead. Uh, this is Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStripe.com production. Do check out my Twitch channel, Twitch.tv/RKHerring. You can see all sorts of stuff. Snooker on Mondays usually. Rahalasubas usually on Wednesdays, and Twitch of Fun usually on Thursdays. Lots and lots of stuff there if you want to catch up. You can see stuff in the video section. And why not subscribe? If you're with Amazon Prime, you can subscribe every month and give me £3.50 at no cost to yourself. Imagine that. All right. Have a lovely Christmas, my fan, fan friends. Goodbye. If you're listening to this after Christmas, have a good Christmas next year or birthday. Or just have a weekend off. Enjoy yourself. Take care. Bye.